the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Hey, Jimmy, it's just me and you today. How you doing? Hey, you know, I always enjoy having just you and I on sometimes. We've had some great guests lately, but I'm excited about today's topic, and I'm also excited about your big trial coming up. Well, that makes one of us. So, no, I'm just kidding. It's, we've already done jury selection. We did it Wednesday. Yeah, Monday we start the, the, the Whopper four- to six-week jury trial. 60-plus witnesses, 35 of those are going to be lab technicians and chemists. So it's going to be hopefully the government and the first half of the trial puts the jury to sleep. So it's going to be fun. I was at the Billy Joel concert last night, and guess who I ran into? Your opposing counsel. Jim Delworth? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Good guy. He's a very good guy. Yeah, I look forward to working with him on this case. It's, I mean, we've been working with each other for three years, so actually trying the case is going to be fun. So he's a really good guy. So I'm surprised he's not out prepping witnesses or something. Well, maybe he was at the Billy Joel concert. <laughs> he might have been. Very cool. All right. Do you want to introduce our topic? So our topic today are the 10 things that lawyers should say no to. These are things that we don't often say no to. These are the traps that can become time sucks the things that can become distractions from growing our firm, focusing on our practice. And so let's roll right into it. Our first thing that lawyers should say no to, say no to new advertising avenues until you master the ones you're already using and to advertising that you don't understand. So this is sort of one of my pet peeves or one of my issues that I bring up a lot. And that is that it's so easy. You know, I think that a lot of us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as the people that run law firms, we have personalities that make us open and receptive to new things. And I think that's a real blessing for us. I think that's sort of why we're not doing the nine to five, working for the man, working for the big firm, and we're sort of more inclined to want to do our own thing. But the curse of that is that we also want to jump on every new thing. I mean, you and I give a new tip and a hack every week. If everybody did all those things, that would sort of drive them bonkers. And so I think it's really important to to strive for mastery, to really focus on making sure that the the systems that we already have and the software that we're using and the programs that we're using are really serving us well and not just serving as a distraction. And actually, I think it's funny that your first tip is one that you were the worst at, and it's following the shiny shiny ball. 
you know, it's really kind of funny. So the shiny object as it, as it bounces around. And in the last part of this is, is kind of a Lee Rosen thing where he says, you know, don't use advertising techniques that you just don't understand, which is a very valuable tip. So I'm glad you brought that one up. And, and I really hope that with our tips and our hacks, people are not going out and trying every single thing that we try about or talk about because it's that's a bad idea. Um, pick the ones that are right for you and then uh, leave the rest alone. I mean, you don't need to be trying every one of these things, even if each one of them, if you think each one of them is really good, you don't need to be trying to use each one of them. Let's go to number two. Number two is say, and this, these tie together, say no to any sales calls, okay? And the, if you need something, you're going to know it, okay? So you don't need to take every sales call that, that, that whenever they call you, even if you're answering your own phone, just res- respectfully decline the call. Say, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of doing something. Sorry if they say, can I call you back? You know, I'm not really looking for that product right now. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Move on to the next thing because they will eat up a ton of your time. I used to take a lot of these calls just because I was so new and I thought I needed everything. And it's it's really just something that's just going to distract you. It's going to keep you from doing the things you need to be doing. It's going to waste your money. And you really need to avoid those sales calls at all costs. Tyson, I don't know if I've told you this, but we've been working with an Infusionsoft certified partner. We have now outsourced all of our inbound calls. And so the call center sort of figures out whether or not the person is a current client or, or a a new client, and then if they're a current client, they just put them through to our office. If they're a, a potential new client, then they're in charge of trying to get them set for a consult or screening everything. And these people, the company, we've been working with them now for about a month, and they're continuously shocked by my refusal to take calls. Like the, each day, it sort of dwindles. At first, they would try to put through five calls to me, and now it's down to one a day about. But they, they're always amazed at how I don't take calls. And some of these people, like from Lawyers.com and other places, they're really sneaky and they're really crafty and they act like, you know, we have a relationship together or they act like that this is something that that I really need, you know, some kind of software or some kind of sales call. And they really are time sucks. So it's been a great gift and I have to deal with those things. Well, yeah, and you need to punish those people, right? They will go on a blocked list. They will not, we will not answer their calls. Our people know not to answer those calls anymore because what they'll do is some of them will say, well, you know, I'm calling Tyson about a case, right? And so, oh, oh, wow, you're calling about a case? And that's why the intake process, that call filtering process is so important in having scripts because if you have these scripts, you will have a list of questions that are going to weed out these sales calls because some of them will say, well, I'm calling about a case. And if, if, if you left it at that, then they would get right through. But if you have a series of questions that you ask them that are the specifics about the case, then now you've got a way to filter them. So uh, that's, that's a good one. You want to go to number three? Number three, say no to potential clients that you have a bad feeling in your gut about. We've all had those moments where the client who comes in talks about it's not about the money or it's not about this or that, it's about the principle of the matter, or they've they've fired two other attorneys, or or even just as simple as, you know, I believe that clients come in the way that they'll be. If a client is very, very difficult, my wife, Amani, has been dealing with this guy who's very nice, but I think he's forgetful and maybe even on the edge of Alzheimer's or something, because he, he's asked us the same questions literally six times. And he even asked Amani last time if he could record the answers to his questions. And the next day we got the next day we got an email where he asked all the questions again. So we're just going to have to turn that fellow down, even though he's nice. Or 
one thing that I like to do too is not necessarily turn them down, but to say, look, I'll take your case, but then charge them double. And then if they take it, then it's sort of worth it because you know it's going to take that extra time. So I don't always ban people, but I, I, I do listen to my gut and I, and I adjust accordingly. It can be hard to do, especially if you're new, or if you're just starting out, because you want to take every case that comes to the door because it's money in your pocket. And you really need to resist that urge. And everyone that's listening to this, they've got their list of clients that they know are bad clients and that they know they need to let go of them because early on they ignored their gut feeling and they said, you know what, it's money in the door, it's money in my pocket, let's let's take the case, and now they're regretting it. And so if, if, you, if right now you're listening to that and you're like, oh, man, he's right, it may be time to maybe dump that client because think about all the stress you're going to let go of, all the frustration you and your staff are having with that client, just let them go. Let them go. Let them go bother another attorney, get help from someone else because the truth may be that, Another attorney may be a better fit for them than you. So let him go. All right, let's jump in to number four. Say no to matter types that you are not familiar with, and perhaps more importantly, lack the systems necessary to handle effectively. So this is the key one. If someone calls you about the, hey, you know what, Jim, I got this really good idea for this this case. I know you probably don't handle these, but it's a really good idea. It's, you know, no one else is doing it. I think we can make a lot of money on it. Guess what? Kick it down the road because you have no system set up for it. You're you're probably not going to be able to handle the client very well. You're not going to be able to handle the case very well because you don't know what you're doing yet. Um, Get the systems in place before you're willing to take on a new practice area. You need to learn a little bit about it. Kick it down the road. Jimmy? I'm always happy when I turn down a case. I, I never regret turning down a case. I'd much rather refer it to a specialist. And I do think that issue, you know, as we as we narrowed our practice and we got rid of doing things like PI that we only did periodically, it just got us to be much more efficient on the things that we're good at. And it's just so much easier to send someone over to you and let you handle it or some other attorney handle it and, and just sort of move on to the next best thing. Yeah, and then I get to call you and say, hey, Jimmy, I got a check for you, and it makes you really happy. That did, that just happened this week, so I am, I'm very happy. All right, number five, say no to volunteering on a board unless you have oodles of time. Now, I think very few of us have oodles of time. Many of us have a family plus, you know, the practice of law plus running our, our firm. And, you know, it's, it can be an ego thing, you know, where people ask you to serve on this board or that or they ask you to take on a volunteer role on some project at at the kid's school. And I think that if it's something small and manageable, that's much better than like an open-ended year-and-year commitment. Amani and I sort of made a promise to each other, one, that we wouldn't join a board without talking to each other first, and two, that we're just going to sort of take a break from boards until we have the kids, you know, older and a little bit more independent because it's really hard and it can be a huge time suck. There's so many great organizations out there, so many great causes, and I get all that. But I think that to sort of satisfy that urge to help people and to do things, you know, without thinking about the benefits to yourself, I think that's great. But I also think it's good to do it in a limited way and not some some kind of way where you're just really having to take on a lot of work and effort and basically building something as you're building your practice. You know, I completely agree with that. I, I volunteer for one organization, and it's, I guess I call it an organization. It's Missouri Bar's uh, Veterans Program, and that's once a quarter. Other than that, I don't I don't spend a lot of time doing that kind of thing just because it is such a time suck. Um, but I'm going to add to this 
networking groups, though. Don't spend a bunch of time on networking groups unless you're just making a ton of money on it and it's, it's completely worth your time. If you have tons of time, go ahead and join all these networking groups, these boards. But other than that, don't do it. It's going to be a time suck. Spend time with your family. Work on your cases. Uh, it's just avoid it if you can. Um, let's go to number six. Say no to doing things just because you have always done it. Let go of things that aren't working anymore. So this goes back to a few times we've talked about this on the podcast. Go through your systems. Go through the things you're doing. You need to do at least, a, at, at the very least, a, a yearly evaluation of your systems and, and throw out what's not working, keep what's working, refine your systems. You're going to find out what's broken. You're going to find out what's working, what's not broken. So go through your systems, figure all that out, and get rid of the stuff you're just not using. Here's an example. Go through your budget and see what you're spending on marketing and systems and any technology that you're using, that you, these monthly plans that you signed up for. Find out which ones you're not using at all and just cut them out. You just don't need them anymore. You're gonna put, that's just putting more money in your pocket, and it's not wasting your time anymore. So cut those things out of, of what you're doing. Yeah, and uh, I just stumbled upon a, a really easy way to do that, and that is to either change your credit card number or to change the credit card number in the accounts because that'll let you know when, like, I just lost my credit card. I had to order a new one. So now all these people that have been billing me have been sending me notices saying, hey, I got, like, I got one from Render Forest, and I had to scratch my head. I'm like, what in the hell is Render Forest? And then I remember. <laughs> I know what that's from, yeah. It, it was from our project with Infusionsoft, and I'm like, nope, I don't need that anymore. So that's an, a real nice and easy way to uncover who who's billing you for things you might not be working on anymore. That's a pretty good idea. It's also a pain in the butt because Bank of America changes my card number about every three months. And so it's a huge pain in the butt. So, But if you intentionally do it, that's probably a good thing because you're ready for it. Uh, you want to go on to the next one? Yeah, number seven, say no to things that you shouldn't be doing. This is one of Tyson's favorite points to make, and so I'm glad to be the one making it. I think that as long as you're doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, then you're going to really limit your growth. If you're answering the phone, if you're taking out the trash, if you're licking the stamps and sending out the envelopes, you just you just have to figure out a way to let someone else do that. You might want to have a part-time mom or a virtual assistant really take over a lot of these things. I think answering the phone is one of the biggest time sucks. These are all things that you just have to get rid of, and, and it might take a leap. It might mean you don't make as much money right away, but I think it's absolutely essential that if you want to position yourself as someone who is an expert and someone who should be highly sought after and highly compensated, that if you're doing all this low-level tasks, you're, you're just losing out. Yeah, and get over your egos. I mean, really, it, it comes down to that. If you are listening to this and you think that there's not one thing in your firm that someone else can do that, that you can't do, you're, you're fooling yourself. I mean, you really, you really are. Everything that you do, someone else can do other than have the thoughts that pop out of your head. That's your, probably your biggest asset. So if you can outsource everything and work on the things you want to do or enjoy doing, then do that. I mean, that's what you should be focusing on because that's going to make you the happiest. That's going to get you home to see your family is the best. Uh, it, it, so just cut all that out. And you know what? Not everybody's at that point. When you first start out, you are doing everything. But as you become more successful, as you get more clients, you need to start offloading those things so that you can focus on the more important things. All right, let's move on to number eight, and that is 
say no to negative people, influences, and employees. And I, it's funny. I think Jimmy, on our first or second podcast, we talked about this and how important this is. And I, it's it's true to this day. It's always been true. Um, if you have negative influences or people or you know that employee that's in your office that's driving you freaking crazy, you need to get rid of them. Um, you need to get rid of all the negative people in your life. Surround your people with positive people, supportive people, people that are going to really do you good. Um, and and then get rid of all the other all the other negatives. It's going to make you happier. It's going to make you less stressed out. Um, and 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 it's just going to be better for you in the long run. I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago, and you know, on Facebook timeline, it shows you things that people said or did or interacted with you years ago. And there was a birthday wish from a friend from college who has really turned negative and sour and is just mad about everything and just is like counting the days until he retires from a big law firm. And it was just really interesting for me to reflect on how little contact I have with that friend. And the reason I don't is just because spending time with them just really brings me down. So I've been a real big believer in surrounding yourself with people that are positive and moving in the right way. And that's why things like the Facebook group that we have and John Fisher's Mastermind and, and Legal Minds and other great organizations or, or, you know, collections of people, just even if it's one-on-one time, Joey Vitale and I have been spending time talking to each other each week and it's just been great to be with people who have that growth mindset. Joey, and Joey really does. Joey is such a positive person. He may be maybe the most positive person I know. He's such a good guy. He's very, very energetic and excited about things. And a point about the Facebook post, really quick, is if you're one of those people that puts negative Facebook posts on Facebook all the time, I want you to think about how, how you view people whenever they put negative posts, and maybe that'll convince you to stop putting negative posts like that on Facebook because it makes you look like a dope, all right? It just does. So stop doing it. So this is going to be a bonus tip for me this week. If you're putting negative stuff on Facebook, no one cares about it, one. Number two, you look like a dope, so stop doing it. That's funny because we left the Billy Joel concert last night and we had such a blast. My son and I took him and we just had a total amount of fun. We parked foolishly in the city hall lot and the morons that run the city hall lot, they closed all the gates. There were 300 cars in the lot and there was no way to get out. So I quickly posted the, a picture of me stuck and then I was just complaining about what morons they were. And I, after a couple of minutes and the cops came and let us out, I took the post down just because I didn't want to be that negative, especially after having had such a good time. See, there you go. I'm glad you did that. E- even though you just called them morons, but I'll let that one fly. <laughs> well, that's what, I te- that's what I put on the Facebook post and it was true. All right. I got <laughs> I think you mixed up some of these in order just to make it so that I had to be the one to talk about them. I think you put the ones that I suffer from on my list so that I had to talk about them so you could mock me. Hey, you're the one that shows odds and gave me even, so no, this is on you. So you go right at it, though. I I think it's good, though, It's it's that you're you're identifying your weaknesses, so that's good. Yeah, and, and, you know, I listen to pretty much every episode of the show a couple weeks after he recorded, and it's always good for me to hear a second time, because I'm usually trying to think of what to say next or listening to you. It's good for me to hear everything. So number nine is say no to distractions. And I am clearly one of the people that suffers from this the most. I, When we were at Icon with our friend Jason Osterley, he saw me sitting there with my iPad and I was bouncing around from email to Facebook to Twitter, to email to Facebook to Twitter. And he said, dude, you've got ADHD. You just can't sit still. <laughs> so it's It's really important for me. I mean, just right now, it's it's 8.18 in the morning when we're recording this, and it looks like I have about 15 tabs open on 
on Google Chrome. So this is definitely something that I need to work on. When I don't start my day with distractions, when I wait to check email, when I wait to check social media, I'm much better off. And once I get into it, I, I really lose a lot of my productive time. Yeah, so I think if people pay attention maybe over the next week about how, how much distractions really affect your time, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, and this is going to sound bad. It's not really a distraction, but how one little thing can really set your day off course. Yesterday, I was about to walk out the door, and I uh, was taking my son to school, and my wife says, hey, you know, we need a gallon of milk. I said, okay, I'll grab a gallon of milk for us. So I normally will drop him off and go straight to work. But what happened was I took him I took him to school, dropped him off, had to go get a gallon of milk, brought it home. And as I was approaching, I noticed that some it was trash day and some of the trash had not made its way out. Off, uh, it had basically um, come out of the bag. And so I started, had, had to start cleaning that up. And then I got a phone call right after that. And then I was on the phone call outside, and I still want to go back inside and say goodbye to my family. So it took another 20 minutes because I was on the phone. And then... So instead of me getting it, it basically delayed me getting the office by about 45 minutes. So just that one thing of going to get a gallon of milk really set my day really off by 45 minutes, which, I mean, you know how I am. I, I try to go structure and keep everything organized. And So if you let one little thing, and obviously I'm going to get my family some milk because they need milk, but just limit distractions because they can really alter the course of your day. All right, Jimmy, let's get to number 10. And number 10 is, Say no to an unhealthy lifestyle. Now, this is one of my biggest, you know, vices is donuts. I love donuts, and I've, I've given up donuts for a while because I love love the sweets, I love the sugar, and but it's bad for me. So I've been, you know, you know, monitoring my health, and I, I want to drop a couple of lbs around the waistline. So I, I, I've given up donuts. I've been, I've been stopped eating the sugary snacks, and you know, I've been working out more, and I'd gotten away from running, and so I think it's really, really important. Because for your stress levels, for your health, for your family, is to really be healthy. And you identified that not too long ago, where you know you you wanted to get in shape, and so you've been walking and running and taking care of yourself. And luckily, you've got a, a very healthy wife, Bonnie, who who really takes care of herself. So I think it's really important. So say no to the unhealthy activities. Take a walk at lunch. Eat a salad. Eat a small dinner. Things like that. Just just the basics. I got a really good friend, uh, Scott Shooty, who, who runs a gym, and he's really awesome because he's like he's like he's like I just teach the basics and to just eat healthy, work out a little bit, and you'll you'll be fine. I mean, maintain. You know, do your maintenance, and you'll be fine. And so just focus on the basics. You don't have to do some you know P90X type of uh, exercise and diet and everything else. Do the basics. Eat healthy and don't overdo it. You can have your chocolate sundae or something like that, but don't have one a day, you know, so, so just uh, eat healthy, be healthy. So Jimmy, what do you got to say about that? That's good stuff. I mean, since I started working out more regularly, I've, I've been sleeping better. And to me, that's, that's the key to my day is, is getting to bed early, getting a good night's sleep. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke and food is sort of my go-to crutch, but it's been, it's been good to be exercising again and to be sort of clearing my mind. And, you know, when you exercise, it sort of just gets those endorphins going and it relieves a lot of the stress that goes along with what a lot of our members deal with every day. Absolutely. All right. So that was number 10, man. So we, we got them all. Do you want to do your hack of the week? My hack of the week is to suggest that our listeners follow a, a friend of mine. His name is James Ashford. I met him at Icon this year. He presented twice. I think he went to one of his sessions 
He advises accountants on how to grow their practices over in England. And I will put in the show notes, this week's YouTube video that he did was just terrific. It was about how we don't necessarily do a good job of conveying the value of what we do to our clients. And it's about maintaining communication with them throughout the representation and letting them know that we are working on their case and how we're working on the case and how the work that we're doing on their case makes their life easier. And just, it was really a good kick in the pants for more more contact from our office for us to be able to tell uh, our clients and convey to them, you know, throughout the representation, the job that we're doing for them. So James has a lot of great tips. He's really good on automation. He's an Infusionsoft certified partner, but his stuff is not necessarily Infusionsoft based. It's just about sort of good governance and great ideas. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. So before I get to my tip of the week, I am going to remind everyone to please go to Facebook page, uh, ask to join the group. We have a lot of great discussions going on there. Then also go to iTunes to give us a five-star review. We really want to spread the word. And I I checked the reviews last week or a couple weeks ago, and actually we got a pretty good bump in reviews. We really appreciate that. And wherever else you podcast, give us a review there if if you like what you hear. All right. So my tip of the week is, a little more abstract. It's not really concrete, but uh, I'll give you a, a concrete takeaway as well. But the the idea of the tip is to have all of your cases easily accessible in some formats where you can easily flip through or, or go through electronically the case status. Um, what we do is whenever we do these 12-week years, we're actually in the middle of it, and this is the concrete part of it, is I have each one of the cases that we are actively trying to settle quickly because we, we've identified it as a case that we can easily get it settled or, or at least file suit and get that part of resolved through a trial. And so I've got them all in a bound packet. And so every single case that we are actively trying to get done is in this packet. And it's got every, I can turn a sheet and it tells me everything I need to know about the status of that case. And I actively update it as the case moves. And so the idea is to have it have wherever you put it, whether it's on a Google spreadsheet, whether it's on an Excel spreadsheet, whether it's on paper, have them all accessible in one place so you can easily flip to them. Now, I have all of our cases, obviously, in Infusionsoft, and I can easily access them there. You know how it is, Jim. You click the contact record, and I've got actually every single case that we have, and I can flip through. But usually I have to click through the file. But with these, specifically talking about, you know, I want to be able to flip through and identify what's going on in the case right there. Um, I know I know Alex Nguyen, he's, he's got a great system. He shared a spreadsheet on Mastermind Experience, which is pretty awesome. So reach out to him if you've got any other questions about that. So that is my tip of the week. Jimmy, got anything else? Yeah, Tyson, when I came back from the Mastermind, I sent a report from Infusionsoft to Excel of all of my own cases, the cases that Jim himself is handling. And it and I, I update it every other day. If I add a new case or I take off a case, it's just really to keep track because I have this goal of getting below 100 open cases of my own. And so I'm like at 138, and I've been moving down slowly since the mastermind. So just seeing that reminder every other day or so of, of where I'm at, it's just, I think we can, I think with technology, we can really get, you know, far away from our cases. And I think that actually physically touching our cases, or at least, you know, being mindful of each case that we're responsible for, even if it's one that like many of ours are dormant, we're just waiting for USCIS to make a decision. It's just good to stay in contact with your cases. I know that sounds basic, but I mean like actually in contact with it. So I think that's a great tip. Awesome. All right, well, Jimmy, talk to you next week. See you, bud. 
Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.